This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi everyone and welcome to our special episode of No Really I'm Fine. This one's a bit different. We've decided to bring you a series that we all felt was important to give you, our listeners. This is because of the outbreak of the coronavirus and is probably at the forefront of everyone's minds in society today. The way we're doing this is very different. As you can imagine, a lot of people are on lockdown. So we're doing our podcasts in a very different way. We're not in the studio, but we're doing whatever we can to give you, our listeners, the support that you might need. This is why we're giving you free special episodes to give you clear, accurate advice. And if you might want more, please do reach out and we'll do our best to support you. I'm actually on this call right now with Matt. Matt is our producer and he is the man who works very hard behind the scenes. Um, And he's worked very hard this week, setting up new equipment and new ways of how we work our podcasts. Michael will be on some episodes, hopefully very soon. But we're doing all we can to get you some good episodes. So Matt, over to you. Yeah, well, I mean, the difference here is, is I have... Uh, at my house a microphone that I can use so at the moment we're waiting for equipment to get to your house so that you can sound yes. like me on this so until then we've figured out Skype is is really our only option I, I, I may be making more of an appearance uh, yeah. <laughs> over, over this uh, this period but we sh- we shall see <laughs> but yeah it's uh, it's also probably important to mention how helpful our guest speakers have been in terms of our technical issues because everyone's in the same boat at the moment so everyone that we're speaking to has been very understanding and very appreciative of the situation in terms of going onto Skype and, and working with us on that so, so that's a good thing. The two things I think that are really good is everyone seems to understand the situation so although we may, maybe can't uh, record in a studio it's important that we still have these conversations and manage to get them out there for people to to listen to because there's some some great advice and there's some really great points and there are so many things that you can do to sort of maintain your your mental health and manage it during this obviously very strange and weird time i feel like there is more of an awareness now than ever but as people you know perhaps want to call their relatives more and check in on them and on a positive note it is allowing people to to talk more however on the other side of the coin people who are already used to social media and going online and reaching out are being given this influx of information on the coronavirus so I feel like these podcasts are a good way to just give you the clear advice without having to go through all the unnecessary other bits that you might not want to see on social media. Uh, do you know what what you were saying about 
and people being more aware. I think because of the term self-isolation being thrown around, it sounds very serious, uh, which it is. I've seen so many of my friends being far more vocal and open and, and forward about helping elderly people to learn how to use Google Hangouts and Skype and uh, so they can stay in touch with their families, which I think is fantastic. People are really sort of addressing that this is going to be an issue for a lot of people being lonely. My Facebook feed and Instagram feed is full of, of friends and people just offering whatever services they can to sort of alleviate any pressure or just loneliness from from anyone. I want to be on your social media, Mark. It sounds more fun. <laughs> yeah, well, I... <laughs> mine's full of full of panic buying and. Oh and no, I've got that whatnot. too. I've, don't worry, I've got that too. <laughs> I've seen plenty of meme about toilet paper, but it's just not. It's nice to see people actually acknowledging that this is gonna be an issue, and there are a lot more people than I expected actively trying to do something about it, which is fantastic. And it's good in in this episode that we have with mine. There's lots of tips on, you know how to keep yourself entertained, how to keep yourself well, how to keep yourself feeling not necessarily trapped in your own home and also how to not get anxious with with the whole panic buying situation, which for me was quite a big issue. I mean, I know I'm not directly affected in terms of um, being in the vulnerable category, but my mum is. And, you know, when I went shopping the other day, seeing empty shelves I couldn't even get a tin of beans it is really frightening and for anyone that would cause some anxiety but especially if you already suffer with it it's not a nice feeling so we're hoping to help ease some of that with with these episodes a lot of it is is very scary and it's very weird and it's strange and nobody knows really what's happening and when it's going to end and and all of this so Hopefully we can just inject a little bit of positivity into into people's days. And I'm sure lots of people will have time to listen to our lovely podcast if they are self-isolating at home. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I guess we should do do the conversation now. We should just let everyone listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. Here it is then, yeah. Hi everyone. So I am joined by Rosie Weatherly today. Hi Rosie, how are you? How are you doing today? Are you are you really fine? Hey Gemma. Um yeah, I think on balance I'm fine. Um it's been obviously a bit of a tricky time for, for everyone at the moment, but I think I'm for the moment coping coping okay. Could I get you to introduce yourself to our listeners and, and um, what you do at Mind, the chari- mental health charity? Yeah, my name's Rosie Weatherly. Um, I am the Information Content Manager at MIND, the National Mental Health Charity. Um, broadly, what that means is that I and my team are responsible for uh, writing the mental health information on our website um, and guiding the organisation um, around mental health expertise. So we're, we're here today to talk about the coronavirus um, pandemic that is, of course, on everyone's mind and on everyone's TV screens and news feeds at the moment. Um, do you mind telling our listeners what is the coronavirus? For sure, yeah. So um, coronavirus um, is uh, a virus which causes an illness called COVID-19 um, and it uh, mainly affects your respiratory system. So the main uh, symptoms are chest sort of symptoms like a sore throat, a dry cough and a high temperature um, or a fever. 
And what should people do then if, if they're worried about the, the pandemic? Um, I think it's really important that we uh, take care to make sure we're accessing accurate information, um, which means the NHS advice and the advice given to us via gov.uk. There's a lot of content being shared on social media and on other platforms, um, often, you know, by people who really mean well, um, that isn't always accurate. Um, and that can often feed into a lot of the anxiety and insecurity that most of us are feeling right now. What sort of advice then would you give to someone who perhaps needs to self-isolate at home? From a, from a well-being perspective, there's quite a lot to, to think about, um, but there are things that you can do. And our advice for if you're having to stay home, it's actually not that different from the advice that we would give anyone to support their well-being at any time. And a lot of it comes from the New Economics Foundation, Five Ways to Well-Being, which says that there are five broad areas of your life that that can influence your well-being. So from a coronavirus in an isolation or distancing perspective, we've interpreted those principles and made a few suggestions around things people could do. I'd say the first and most important thing is maintain your connections to the people you care about. So obviously you can't see them in person perhaps, but there's lots and lots of digital platforms um, that you can use. You can pick up the phone and call people. And it's really important if you're isolating for two weeks or for longer that you, you maintain those social connections and, and, and stay feeling close to the people that you care about. Additionally, I think there is definitely something to be said for accessing sunlight, fresh air, nature. And that can feel a little bit confusing, you know, we've been told to stay inside. If you've got a garden, your garden is yours, you can use it. Um, and we would encourage people to make sure they're getting, you know, getting out into their gardens if that's an option for them. But if not, you know, if you're in a flat or a house share or another sort of situation, opening your windows, opening your curtains, taking notice of the colour of the sky, the birds, um, bringing nature into your home. So whether that's through houseplants or even if you just, you know, change your phone background and put up some pictures on the walls of natural scenes, all of that stuff that, you know, the tiny things that we can we can do, but they they do make a difference. The next thing is exercise. And again, exercise can be achieved indoors. There's lots of different things that you can do. Myriad of online content out there for people to explore um, and options for most ages and abilities as well. So that's that's definitely something to try and work in. It's a really uncertain time, obviously, and we're experiencing now quite a bit of disruption to our, our daily lives and routines. But it's important to uh, recreate that structure and incorporate some variety into your day. So even though you're not leaving the house, getting up, getting dressed, if makeup's a thing for you, getting your makeup on, doing some of the things that you would be doing throughout the day. So a lot of us will be working from home um, and that will obviously fill some time, but making sure that you're making time for creativity and learning new things and relaxing and having some downtime as well. So by building into your day a structure, a purpose, a routine, um, some variety and brain stimulation, you will make your life a lot a lot easier in this in this quite quite challenging time. And those who are self-isolating, what if they're beginning to feel perhaps claustrophobic or trapped? Yeah, that's definitely going to be an issue for people that are have specific issues. So things like opening your windows, letting in fresh air, sitting on your doorstep or in your garden, literally just turning your head upwards to look out the sky for a bit um, will give you a bit of a sense of space. And also regularly sort of switching up 
the rooms that you're spending time in or the, the places within each rooms that you're sitting. And that might, might mean you want to shift your furniture around every now and again. Um, but giving yourself uh, a sense of change and difference and space with whatever means you have available to you um, is, is possible in a variety of situations. Now, this pandemic will be extremely difficult, of course, for everyone, mm. but especially for those who perhaps have OCD or health anxieties, won't it? Yes, yeah, absolutely. With OCD and kind of health anxiety, what, what we know is that um, the kind of constant stream of wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands, and the updating health advice, um, that can kind of trigger compulsions. Um, so advice for hand washing in particular um, would be, once you've read the advice and you understand it, don't keep rereading it. And if you, you're tempted to sort of slip back in and check it, ask other people to support you. So let them know that, you know, that's that's something that's that's difficult for you right now. Obviously, we are all washing our hands much more than normal. So doing it for the recommended 20 seconds and then having something to move on to after you've done that might might be a useful thing to, to think about doing. And what about the the impact then on perhaps others in the home who don't necessarily um, have mental health issues but are living with someone who does? Uh, what advice would you give to them? I think it would be quite similar to what we would say um, if, you know, coronavirus and isolation and distancing wasn't going on. Try and talk to the person that you care about or that you're supporting. Understand what their particular experience is. Um, don't necessarily try to come up with solutions for them. Just listen, let them talk about what's going on for them. Ask how you can help. The MIND website has loads of information on various mental health conditions. And there's a section on each of those pages about what friends and family can do to help in that situation. So it's definitely worth checking checking out that stuff. You've, you're probably aware of all the panic buying that seems to be going on. Um, mm-hmm. I myself went to um, a supermarket last night and was just really shocked to see that I couldn't even, you know, get a pack of bacon. And, and that in itself caused some some panic with, with my own anxiety that I deal with. Does Mind have any advice on that situation? I'm really sorry that, that that made you feel, you know, a little bit more anxious. And I also went to the supermarket last night and I also was very, very shocked at the state of yeah. affairs there and some of the signage um, my supermarket had rationed how many of a particular item people could take so like two pieces of meat or and yeah that was a real shock I'd never I've never lived in a time like that before um so I totally understand why it would add an extra kind of lens through that um mind uh doesn't think that stockpiling is a great idea um we obviously understand everyone's worried about how they'll cope with having to potentially stay inside for a really long time and we do think that it's it's good to have a plan and that may involve doing some some prep work or just thinking about how you will get things um, rather than getting them all now and locking in making sure you've got enough medication to see you through a period of time but then a replenishment plan so can you get your meds delivered or can someone pick them up and drop them off for you and the same for food and it might be that you know you need to arrange for someone to walk your dog. So there's there's lots of different things that someone might need to consider when going into isolation or when beginning to distance, but that doesn't necessarily translate directly to go out and buy all the loo roll. Which I still don't understand why it is. I don't get it <laughs> You can't eat it, can you? So. What about then if people have perhaps therapy appointments that they've booked on to or they need to collect certain prescriptions to um, manage their their mental illnesses? 
Yeah, this is something that we're thinking about quite a lot, as you might imagine. Um, we are encouraging health services to consider, you know, how can they ensure continuity? Um, and that might mean that some things are cancelled, but also offering things digitally where possible. So Skype therapy sessions or phone therapy sessions. And it's possible that some some stuff might have to continue in person. And it really, we look to the NHS for guidance there on, on the best and safest way to do that. So if you're worried about whether or not your therapy will be able to continue, I would speak to your therapist or your provider and find out what their plan is. Um, therapists also have, you know, friends and family that they're also concerned about and protecting. So it's, um, it's a tricky one to get right. Medication-wise... Uh, you should be able to arrange um, for your local pharmacy to drop things off or have it delivered. And if you are having problems with your medication that you want to discuss with your doctor, we think it's really important that you're able to do that. So having a chat with your GP surgery or your mental health service that you're working with um, to find out what their plans are and how you can access them if you need to uh, is sensible. I imagine MIND is keeping up to date with the situation in terms of any charity events that they're holding this year. It's disappointing, obviously, but, you know, we are in favour of anything that protects people's health. You know, the London Marathon being postponed um, was a bit of a, uh, a moment for us, but we know thousands of people have been training for ages and preparing to take part and support us. So we're, we're gutted about that and we want to thank all our supporters who've been training for the event Um it comes down to the decisions are made to protect people's health. Um, so we have to, you know, we have to respect that and understand that. But yeah, it's it's a real shame. Has MIND had any experience or contact with people at the moment who are worried about the coronavirus? Yeah, our information page on the coronavirus um, and, you know, the ways that you can look after yourself has seen such a huge jump in traffic. It's the most viewed page on our website by country miles we've also you know spoken to people on the information line who are worried about coronavirus but that sort of falls into a few different categories i suppose um the kind of calls we're getting are firstly sort of people with mental health problems who aren't necessarily in contact with services at the moment but they're concerned about symptoms getting worse or lack of support should they need it and they have questions around that we're also speaking to the general public a little more than we normally would. Um, a lot of kind of health anxiety themes are coming up there. Um, interestingly, we were also hearing more from people who are in hospital or detained and are worried about what safeguards are being kept in place. For example, CQC inspections and tribunals and things like that. So, yeah, we are having conversations, but far and away, the highest increase we've seen has definitely been people wanting to know how to look after themselves if they're self-isolating or if they're distancing. And I know we've touched upon a, um, a little bit about um, charity events that, that MIND have been involved with, mm. but how else has the pandemic perhaps impacted MIND itself? It's definitely stressed our remote working skills. <laughs> <laughs> our services are groaning under the weight of everyone trying to log on remotely a little bit, but, you know, we've, we've got ways around that. I think MIND in general is, is probably quite good at that kind of stuff. We're a pretty flexible employer. We try and, you know, remove barriers wherever possible. So a lot of our our thinking has kind of already been there informally and it's just happening on a much larger scale now. So there's there's challenges involved in that. And uh, obviously things like uh, press interviews and you know stuff like this is happening more and more over Skype, which is fine. So I think you know there, there are going to be some positives to come out of all of this. So obviously it's, it's not a positive situation, but we are learning every day about how we can get things done and different ways of delivering things that we were delivering one way before. So there's been challenges, but um, I think there's, there's a good appetite for making things work across our, our staff workforce, which is really nice. 
yeah, we're, we're similar situation for us, really. So, yeah, we're all learning how to do podcasts from home and whatnot. So <laughs> I know we've discussed a lot of support in, in this conversation, but where else can people go for resources and support on how to look after the mental health during this situation? Well, the first place I would encourage people to check is mind.org.uk forward slash coronavirus, which we are updating as and when we feel we need to tweak the content, adding new sections. Step Change have a really great resource on their website about uh, what to do if you're worried about the impact of self-isolating on your finances and if you're concerned about your debt. Um, they've got a whole hub on their website, which is worth having a look at. I think also the other thing to, to really stress is um, social media and social media use is, uh, is a bit of a live issue because on the one hand, we really want people to stay connected to the people they care about. It's a cornerstone of well-being. You're, the people that you care about are the glue that keeps you together a lot of the time. And social media, whether we like it or not, is a really big part of our lives for, for most of us. But right now, it's also possibly contributing to anxiety levels and general discomfort and uncertainty. So there's a little kind of warning there around what you're looking at, when you're looking at it, how long you're looking at it for. So for example, I've set myself some informal rules about I will definitely keep checking in on this social media platform, um, but this one feels a little bit like a not quite a healthy mood for me to be in right now. So I'm going to step away from that general feed. I'm going to continue looking at these messages and, and this bit, but not over here where there's a lot of discussion. So just thinking a little bit more proactively about what you're putting into your brain, you're kind of like, content nutrition if that makes sense that I think that's a, a really underrecognized thing that people could do that might really help their well-being over the coming weeks and months it's probably um, useful as well to keep a diary isn't it perhaps of when or maybe times you're going to go on social media if, if you're strict enough with yourself maybe to keep a diary of you know this made me feel in this way and, and I mean I, I don't know I mean I, I keep yeah. a diary but um, whatever works for, for, for others really it's a great idea I, I journal I tend to like retreat to my journal when things have got a bit too much to me and I kind of need to sort of download my brain and organize myself a bit but yeah keeping a diary is could be really really useful from kind of a reflection point of view and spotting patterns and recurring thoughts and feelings and things like that I've got friends and family in the healthcare system, um, one who's a acute respiratory physiotherapist on the coronavirus team in a hospital in London. And I've said to her, you need to make sure that you're writing down everything that you're doing and what's going on for you. More than anything else, you know, it'll be really interesting to look back on, but also because I know that that's a mechanism that helps keep her safe and healthy and well. Right, well, I think we've, um, we've covered a lot of ground. Feel free to just reach out to me, it's no problem at all. Thank you so much, Rosie.